Hello and welcome back to my podcast, I Survived Childhood. I do want to thank everyone for listening and for supporting and sharing this message. I also want to let you know that there may be trigger warnings and um, if that is a trigger for, if you hear something that's a trigger for you and you can't listen, that's okay. And finally, I also want to remind everyone that if you or someone you know is in a domestic um, abuse situation, you can contact the National National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233 for information on what you can do to help or get out of the situation. So today, I wanted to talk about things that you may not expect after you've left your abuser. Um, So I guess the first thing that I wanted to talk about is not everyone's going to believe you. I've talked about this in some other, um, in some other of my podcasts. Um, But yeah, not everybody will believe you. Not everybody's going to support you. And um, you may even find that the family of the person who abused you is going to badmouth you and, you know, say that this is all your fault. So we're told that, you know, we're supposed to believe the abuser, but not everybody does this. This is still a huge problem in our, in our society, although we are making some progress, but um, just be prepared to know that not everybody's going to believe you or they're going to tell you that it wasn't that bad. You know, um, it's just something that happens. Uh, another thing that you may not expect um, after you leave your abuser is that the abuse may actually continue. Um, my own personal experience, I was being harassed on the phone. My abuser would circle around my place of work and just you know, give me these menacing looks constantly criticizing things that I was doing, even though he was no longer in the house. He would um, use my children as an excuse to find a way to nitpick at things that had nothing to do with my children. And he would always start, I'm just a concerned parent, and talk about something totally irrelevant to whatever had to do with the the kids. Um, You know, it was just constant for a while afterwards. And in my case, you know, I didn't leave my abuser. He left me. But for whatever reason, he still thought it was necessary to continuously harass me and um, try to, I don't know what his purpose was, but, you know, he was constantly bugging me. And, um, you know, for somebody who was trying to get out of a domestic violence situation, this is actually the most dangerous time for them. If the abuser realizes that someone's trying to get away from them, they are more likely, that's when they are more likely to have, well, the risk of death actually increases at the time when uh, a victim tries to leave the abuser, or I want to say a survivor, hopefully they survive. But anyway, the point is, this is a really, really dangerous time for somebody to leave their abuser, and it doesn't stop. A lot of times they'll use the legal system to try to show you're an unfit mother or that you're mentally unstable or whatever it is that their motive, well, we know what their motive is, is control, but they'll, they'll, it's just all kinds of 
things. They're very inventive, some of them. Um, some other things that people really don't expect is they miss their abuser. I've heard a lot of people, and even myself, I went through this. Um, I knew that he was oh, a terrible husband, even if he wasn't, even if I wasn't fully aware how much I was being abused at the time. Um, you know, we didn't have a happy marriage. And yet when he left, I was devastated. And um, I've heard this from other people too. They know that the situation was bad and yet they miss their abuser. And this can be really confusing, but I'll try to make it a little clearer, maybe easier to understand. Um, there's some factors that weigh into that. And the one thing is, you know, when you're in a relationship, especially if it's an extended period of time, things that are abnormal seem normal to you. And so in situations of calm where you're used to turmoil all the time, it can be uncomfortable, believe it or not. Um, and then, you know, there's this other factor. I mean, I know that a lot of people aren't going to agree with me and say that this isn't love, but there is some love there. There's attachment. You, you know, there was something that happened at one point that made you um, be attracted to this person. So there's, there's, it's not all bad memories. You still have some sweet memories. That's what my daughter asked me one time if my uh, ex was ever sweet to me. And, and there were times, you know, if I'm going to be honest, which I try to be totally honest, there were some very sweet times. And not necessarily during that honeymoon time. Like, I'll give you an example when I got pregnant with my third child, it really wasn't something that I was ready to do yet. Um, so she came unexpectedly. And um, when I found out that I was pregnant and I told him, I mean, he just stretched his arms out and gave me a, a huge hug. He was very happy. I wasn't happy, um, but he was. And I'm happy now, of course. You know, it's just unexpected like I said the timing wasn't great for me but of course she's here and I love her um but that's an example you know there was there was no nothing going on at the time that this was considered what I would have considered a honeymoon time so yes there were times when he was special or he did sweet things for me um another example was I was driving in the snow and nearly missed a really bad car accident and I was upset and got to work and I was kind of angry because my job forced me to go to work in bad weather conditions and I was upset about it and I called him and I was just kind of venting and he listened to me and he said well God had his hand on your car you know which was a good thing to say he couldn't do anything to change it but you know he was compassionate in in certain situations so missing missing the abuser um we have in our minds that these are monsters but they're not they're people who are dealing with their own demons just like the rest of us and um you know they're not 100 percent bad if they were 100 percent bad you wouldn't have gotten into a relationship with this person there's there had to be something good there and so it's, it's very confusing that you miss the abuser even though you know that they're not good for you. Um, and then once you get into that routine of trying to start your life over, 
it's amazing how exhausting it is. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, that go into this. Um, just the sheer fact of, you know, there's a lot of things that one person was trying to, or that it, one person is now handling a household where there might have been two uh, trying, you know, as a female, we still have this um, financial gap with female. A lot of women do not make the same kind of money that a man makes. And so there's, you know, trying to work. Maybe you have to pick up another job to pay the bills, taking care of the kids all on your own and dealing with their emotional fallout too. You know, a lot of kids suffer as casualties um, of these relationships that have not worked out. Um, it's just really very exhausting. And then there's another part of this, and I really want to stress this. You know, when you're in an abusive relationship and you have a history of abuse, especially if you've grown up in an abusive, you know, abusive situation and then you've continued that cycle into your adult life, this is, you know, breaking that cycle is a lot like a drug addict clean, getting clean. You know, you see things about how, well, any really, I guess any kind of trauma. So not just, I mean, I compare a lot of this because of the psychological impact as like being a drug addict and having to rethink, train your brain to think a different way. But even if you've gone through some other kind of trauma, like a car accident or a house fire, you know, all kinds of different things that happen in life that are traumatic that aren't necessarily... A, a, you know, violent or some kind of vice, um, it can be, you, you, you literally have this extreme exhaustion and that's your body responding to what you're going through. I mean, sometimes it's physical. Like if you, you know, you've been beat up or you've been in a car accident or you've had some other kind of terrible accident and your body's trying to heal it. But we forget that our mind and our body are connected and when your mind is trying to heal itself you're tired too and so I want to remind people to take that time if you're really feeling exhausted to take the time to get the rest that you need you you um you need to replenish your your body by resting and here's another thing like I know for me I was on this high energy, frantic mode for so long. First, it was, you know, trying to keep my house running smoothly and keeping him happy. And I was starting a business at the time. So that was going on. It was just so much stuff, keeping the kids, you know, all their needs met and school and, you know, trying to be perfect. And then it was almost kind of like a, I say a letdown, but not in a natural, not in a, it, well, it might have felt like a bad thing at the time, but it really isn't a bad time. It's like that time when your body just goes enough and you need to relax and learn how to relax. Sometimes you have to learn how to relax, you know, but uh, that exhaustion that you might feel is normal and my personal thought is that you need to pay attention to it and let your body tell you that it's time to just slow down for a minute. And then the last little thing that I wanted to touch on that you might not expect after leaving is that triggers can actually show up later. 
So to give you some perspective, my abuser and I parted ways in 1995. And I can tell you that even today, there are things that trigger me. Um, I guess for me, one of the, the big triggers for me is when somebody's behavior like flips very dramatically. So somebody might be fine one minute and the next minute they're having some kind of a tantrum. Um, obviously, acts of violent upset, violence upset me. And then even on a more subtle note or certain tones, if somebody speaks to me a certain way, they do trigger things. Um, so the reason why I bring this up is because it's just like, and this goes back to the similarity of a drug addict recovering. Um, you know, they tell you that you're, o you're always recovering from addictions and that you, you know, if you're clean, you're considered in remission. But, you know, I've heard people who have been trying to recover from substances that there are certain things that make them want to go back to that kind of life or do that kind of um, whatever it is that they did before. It makes them have this certain feeling. And it's the same thing with the triggers. There are things that you will feel. And for me, it causes anxiety. And, you know, I take that as a good thing because that's my body telling me that this is dangerous, this is bad, you don't want to get in too deep. And um, just a, another reminder that these triggers are, are good, okay? If they're making you feel, if something's making you feel uncomfortable, you need to listen to it, not tone it out, not make excuses for it, not dismiss it, but pay attention because it's something in your psyche that's making your body respond to let you know that this is not healthy for you. So those are the things that um, I felt people didn't really expect or I personally didn't respect after not being with my abuser. And um, I just wanted to share that because the ladies that are in a group that I follow, a lot of these come up um, repeatedly. A lot of them say very similar things, especially missing their abuser. People don't understand if it's so bad, why did you want to go back? And that explains a lot of why people do continue to go back. They say it takes an average of seven times of leaving before somebody actually gets away permanently. And there's a reason for it. And I'm just hoping that maybe I made some things a little clearer. If you don't understand why somebody acts the way they do. And if you're somebody who's trying to get over a relationship like this, recover from a relationship like this then maybe I can help you, these little pointers can help you um, get through that rough time. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. Please stay safe and God bless.